section three of Stupermundi: the life and times of frederick the second by lionel alshorn this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by pamela nagami chapter two the child of mother church part one on the twenty-fourth day of december in the year eleven ninety four treachery and vengeance were abroad in the land of sicily henry the emperor had given fair promises to the wife the children and the followers of the usurper tancred and enticed them into his power there followed a mockery of judgment and a bloody assize the boy william the usurper's son was deprived of his manhood by mutilation blinded with hot irons and sent with his mother and sisters to a dungeon in the alps the prelates and barons who had fallen into the snare of the fowler were tortured burnt buried alive or more mercifully hanged on the same day that the emperor was enjoying this barbarous revenge a man-child was born to him in Yezi, a town of apulia the empress constance who was now forty had been married to henry eight years and there had been no former child of the marriage in anticipation therefore of the calumnies which might arise she gave as much publicity to the actual entrance of the child into the world as decency and her imperial dignity would allow this however was not sufficient to silence lying tongues and the rumour was spread that the empress had passed the age of childbearing and that the son of a butcher of Yezi had been brought into her bed and passed off as her own child unwilling to allow her son frederick to be burdened with the weight of this slander the imperial mother laid aside her pride and before an audience of italian matrons underwent a humiliating ordeal to prove that she was still capable of the honours of maternity her brave conduct was rewarded by the virtual suppression of the calumny though once or twice it was raised from its obscurity by the more hysterical of frederick's enemies the child's birth was hailed by henry with considerable joy and the court poet poured forth a torrent of verses on the auspicious occasion the parents were however too busy with affairs of state and constant journeyings to and fro to attend to the rearing of the babe and he was left at foligno in the care of a noble italian lady before he had attained his third birthday his father died and the prospects of the young frederick assumed a precarious aspect the electors of germany in spite of an oath which they had sworn to henry ignored the child entirely in their election of a new emperor the crown of sicily as a hereditary possession was not disputed and he was crowned at palermo in eleven ninety eight but the kingdom quickly relapsed into anarchy and the royal authority was of little account constance realized the urgent necessity of a powerful protector who would guard the child's interests and in spite of many misgivings she was compelled to apply to the pope the present holder of that dignity innocent the third was the most vigorous character who had occupied the chair of st peter since the days of hildebrand he raised the power of the papacy to a height that it had never before attained and never afterwards excelled before his death in twelve sixteen he had secured the complete vassalage of the king of aragon he had gained a signal triumph over the proud philip augustus of france 
and compelled him after a protracted excommunication to reinstate his divorced wife he had become the overlord of the crafty john of england and although the sturdy patriotism of the english barons saved that country from becoming a mere fief of the papacy she continued for sixty years to be the treasure-house of rome and was drained of her wealth to provide the popes with the resources for their struggle with the emperors innocent therefore seemed a powerful protector for the young frederick and he was perfectly willing in his capacity as the father of orphans to take the child under his protection his motives however were very far from disinterested and he seized the opportunity offered by the friendless position of the child and his mother to drive a very hard bargain with constance he revived a baseless claim which the papacy had long made to the overlordship of sicily and apulia and granted them back to the empress and her son as his vassals the lands were thus detailed in innocent's letter the kingdom of sicily the duchy of apulia and principality of capua with all its appurtenances naples salerno and amalfi with their appurtenances marcia and the other lands beyond marcia to which the royal pair have a right a legate was sent to receive the oath of fealty and homage from the new vassals of rome they were further required to pay a yearly tribute and this was to be supplemented during frederick's minority by a payment of thirty thousand golden taurins and whatever the pope might expend in the defence of the kingdom the crown was to surrender its claim to the nomination of bishops who were henceforth to have the right to appeal from the king to rome lastly the clergy were to be judged by their own courts in all cases except high treason the protection bought at so heavy a price was soon urgently needed constance died at the end of eleven ninety eight and bequeathed the four-year-old orphan to the guardianship of innocent the pope wrote a letter of consolation to his young ward wherein he said god has not spared the rod he has taken away your father and mother yet he has given you a worthier father his vicar and a better mother the church in days to come the church as milman remarks was to act rather as the stepmother than the mother of frederick for three years after the death of constance the confusion in the kingdom footnote the kingdom of sicily comprised the southern half of italy as well as the island end footnote was so great that frederick was without a home one chronicle tells us that he was passed between the houses of the burghers of palermo staying a week at one a month at another according to the means of his hosts it was in one of these houses that he was visited by a strange and prophetic dream that seemed to foreshadow his future struggles with rome he was heard one night to cry out loudly in his sleep i cannot i cannot and when he was questioned the next morning he replied i seem to be eating all the bells in the world and i saw one great bell which i tried to swallow but it seemed to kill me and on that account i cried out meanwhile innocent the third was not idle in frederick's cause which through his overlordship had now become largely his own the first enemy to be subdued was machwald who had followed henry from germany into the south and had afterwards with many other german barons betrayed an active reluctance to leave these fair lands which afforded so tempting a prey to the adventurer 
on the death of constance he had claimed the regency of sicily and gathered around his banner all the german intruders innocent excommunicated him and his robbers in vain the saracens of the mountains allied themselves with markwald in the cause of anarchy and the pope was compelled to send an army into sicily in twelve hundred the two forces met before the walls of palermo from which the child frederick was an anxious spectator of the bloody battle that ensued victory fell to the pope's general and was followed by a further success two years later the death of markwald freed frederick from one of his enemies the young king was now installed in the royal palace of palermo and his private education commenced the archbishop of taranto and the notary john of trajeto were entrusted with the general supervision of his studies strangely enough mussulman scholars were appointed to instruct him in various branches of learning they were undoubtedly the most learned men of the day but it is some cause for wonder that the education of the pope's ward should have been entrusted during his tender years to the care of infidels the result was that frederick's mind was so broadened that he was unable in future years to adopt the prevailing attitude of narrow and fanatical hatred toward the followers of islam that was essential to the orthodox and complete christian the young king had now a royal palace for home and servants around him but in other respects his position was still unhappy he was king only in name and was desperately poor he was surrounded by intrigue his person was the objective of every ambitious adventurer who sought to assume the title of regent his dominions were devastated by anarchy it would be tedious to relate all the conflicts which raged through sicily and southern italy for several years but some idea of the miserable state of affairs by which the child was surrounded may be gathered from this quaint and pathetic letter which he addressed to the kings of europe in his tenth or eleventh year to all the kings of the world and to all the princes of the universe from the innocent boy king of sicily called frederick greeting in god's name assemble yourselves ye nations draw nigh ye kings hasten hither ye princes and see if any sorrow be like unto my sorrow my parents died ere i could know their caresses i did not deserve to see their faces and i like a gentle lamb among wolves fell into slavish dependence upon men of various tribes and tongues i the offspring of so august a union was handed over to servants of all sorts who presumed to draw lots for my garments and for my royal person germans tuscans sicilians barbarians conspired to worry me my daily bread my drink my freedom are all measured out to me in scanty proportion no king am i i am ruled instead of ruling i beg favours instead of granting them my subjects are silly and quarrelsome since therefore my redeemer liveth and can raise me out of such a pool of misery again and again i beseech you o ye princes of the earth to aid me to withstand slaves to set free the son of caesar to raise up the crown of my kingdom and to gather together again the scattered people unless you avenge me you yourselves will fall into like dangers End of section 3